Welcome back to another episode of that Football Stats podcast and um, an exciting update, another market, as if you needed another market to bet on on Bet365, but here we are, they've added player fouls, um, and I'm going to preview some games in the Premier League because um, they've added this market just to four games across the weekend. They might open it up to more games as we approach the weekend, but I do doubt that. Um, I think because this is the first week, they may be testing it on a few games. Some of the odds, I will say, are quite generous for these player foul markets. So I'm going to take you through some of the the data for players that are playing in these games um, and then just give some general thoughts on what I think might be a good selection for some of these games. So first of all, a really quick way for you to see these markets on Bet365 is just to search using the search function on there for player fouls um, and it will come up and it will show you all of the games that have these markets. So we'll start with Everton at Brentford. Brentford just lost that unbeaten run, didn't they? A lot of draws in there. So now suddenly with a defeat, does it look as good, the unbeaten run? Um, that's always the case, isn't it, when you have so many draws in that run. Despite that, they are favourites for this game, as you might imagine. And this game is getting underway on Saturday. Uh, it is the late kickoff. There is no early kickoff on Saturday in the Premier League. And just to add to the changes for the schedule, there is also a 8pm game on Saturday, which I will also cover in this video, which is Burnley hosting Manchester United. So we will start with the Brentford game. They are hosting Everton. Just a single victory for Brentford now, and that was away at Fulham. 3-0 victory, decent, uh, of course. They started the season at home with a 2-2 draw to Spurs. I don't think there's any trouble um, in, in Brentford scoring goals. They're always dangerous, especially on the break. Obviously, they miss Ivan Tony, but the two that are playing up top at the minute Filling in for Tony are doing a fantastic job. They've already played Fulham, Crystal Palace and Bournemouth, who you might think of sides certainly outside the top six, but even maybe um, flirting with relegation this season. Crystal Palace, I don't think so. They look really good, to be honest. Fulham and Bournemouth, you could definitely see them uh, fighting relegation at some point this season. And for Everton, they are, of course, still winless and they really, really need to start scoring goals. It's the same old issue for Daesh. Beto has been brought in and he's played well in the couple of games that I've seen. Personal game, you just write it off if you're Sean Dyche. You write it off at the start of the season. Same with Man City, same with the bigger teams in the league, to be honest. If you get something, it's a bonus. But Sean Dyche will have looked at games like this one away at Brentford and will certainly want to pick up at least a point. So bringing it back to fouls, we have uh, Abdoulaye Decore at the top. James Tarkovsky there. Decore, nine fouls in five games, so 1.84 fouls per game. He has been substituted out in 40% of games, though, and um, that sort of data you can see on the advanced player search tool on Alert. so you can just filter for players that have played a certain amount of games, how many times they've been substituted off. You can even filter for the fixture, which is going to be really key for these new foul markets. So you can zone in on a certain fixture or a set of fixtures, just the Premier League, then just create the filter as you would, sort it by average fouls, and it gives you a nice collection of players for each game. So for the Everton-Brentford game, we've got Decore, who, as I say, nine fouls in five games. He started five games, but he does come off, whereas Onana has never been substituted out this season. He's played 450 minutes um, and he's committed seven fouls, so 1.4 per game. So this is how I would use the tool in unison with those new markets. You would search player fouls on, on Bet365, click into the game, and then just have a look at what he is. 
So Onana, the only line is over 1.5 fouls. So the average is 1.4. Do you think there'll be more or less fouls than his average in this game? They're away at Brentford. Brentford, quite a physical team themselves. I think there could be plenty of fouls. Nathan Collins is evens for just one foul. Again, Everton are not the trickiest team in the world, are they? But Beto does like to dribble. In his first game for Everton, he made 10 dribbles alone. And that, after one game, put him ahead of most players who had played four games at that point. So what you saw against Arsenal might have just been glimpses. It's very hard for Everton or anyone to play against Arsenal, especially at the Emirates. But I think in this game, there might be a bit more space for Beto to, to show everybody what he can do. And he's going to be such a massive part of whether Everton, I think, stay up or go down. I, I don't think Everton will be pushing for mid-table or t- top 10 this season at all. I think they just they just can't score goals. They've failed to score in four out of the five games that they played. The only time they scored was against Sheffield United. So... If they don't sort that out, if the Beto experiment doesn't work, then I think they are in for a very, very dangerous season again, just like last season. Because Sean Dyche, to me, he hasn't really improved the players as of yet. I still think he's a good manager. I think we should give him time. But if you're not going to make any signings or or, or very few signings, let's be honest, um, they're not very like ambitious, intentful signings, are they? Yet to be seen with Beto. Um, and obviously we'll give him time. I think he looks like a really good player. But it just means Sean Dyche must get an extra 10, 15, 20% out of all of those players. Because if you don't, you're going to be where you were last season because it's mostly the same team. And at the minute, I don't think he's getting enough of a boost out of the players. When Calvert-Lewin's back, he's got to perform. He, he has got to start performing um, after his injuries and whatnot, if Daesh cannot get that out of him, because he can be unplayable. He was unplayable at times when he was really playing well. I think it was under Ancelotti, wasn't it? There is good potential in the team, though. Onana, who we've just looked at for the card, I really like him. He's still young, um, and there's going to be massive teams looking at him over the next two or three years. So if we look at the the odds for Brentford as well, maybe we can create some kind of double for this game. These uh, bets as well, just for fun just for the purposes of, of the podcast, but it, it, it'll provide a, maybe a, an educational point of view for some of the listeners that can see how I would go about um, putting these these doubles and trebles together using the bet builder on Bet365. So 1.8 for Brentford to get three points here. Um, I'm not too sold on the form of Brentford, to be honest, given the teams that they've played. Newcastle away, obviously tough. They lost there. 2-2 with Bournemouth, 1-1 with Crystal Palace, both of those games at home. Um, the victory at Fulham, of course, and then the Spurs draw. I think Spurs were just sort of still getting used to the, the team and the system. Pedro Porro, who's been excellent, didn't play in that game as well for Spurs. So for this one, you could potentially look at some other player stats and maybe make a double there if you didn't want to um, risk putting anything on the result because sometimes games are unpredictable. So don't Bet on something that is an unpredictable market in some leagues, in some cases, in some situations. You can then go into the same game and, and look at something that is more predictable. I think it's more predictable that this will be quite a physical game rather than the overall score of the game or the result of the game, which is much more unpredictable. Next game that's offered then by Bet365 for these new player foul markets is Burnley. Manchester United. This is the 8pm kickoff, as I said before, a bit of a 
strange kickoff time. Um, although Man United, Burnley, it's not too far for those away fans to travel. Just incidentally, they're thinking about introducing um, a new kickoff time Sunday, 6:30 p.m. So you would have a, a trio of games as the Super Sunday, and that really would have people glued to Sky Sports all day, wouldn't it? If they could do it, you could see how they can um, make a lot more money through advertising. But for the match day fan, you're travelling up and down the country at 6.30pm, well, after 6.30pm, 8.30, 9.30, you're getting home quite late, and then you've got work the next day, most likely. Um, yeah, it's not great, is it? I think even the the, the four thirty kickoff. To be honest, it used to be four o'clock, didn't it? They've they've bumped it up to four thirty. Just not great for for the match day going fan if it is a a long distance away game, which Burnley United is not. So Bruno Fernandez seven thousand five games, one point four per game. If we sort this by per ninety, we come across Lyle Foster uh, one point seven nine. He's started four games, he's played four games, and he's committed seven fouls. He's a forward, and I like the look of this because Vincent Company is going to want to put a lot of pressure on that Manchester United defence, that shaky Manchester United defence. They conceded four goals against Bayern Munich in the week, three against Brighton um, in the previous Premier League game. And there's just issues there. I think Reguillon, to be honest, has looked like one of the better players for Man United. He looks like he's fighting for the shirt. He's fighting for his future. You, it just, you can't say the same about some of the other players in that team. I think that's what it looks like to the eye. And most of you may have seen the McTominay video this week where he, he loses the ball. He come on in the 69th minute. And this video is from like the 72nd minute or something. And he loses the ball and he just starts to jog back as... Um, I think it might have been Kimmich or, or whoever was, was just progressing with the ball at pace, exposing the, the midfield, like, and then he was just jogging back. And uh, yeah, Reguillon at least looks like he's um, playing to, for his future. That spatial midfield, Amrabat, if he is even 80% fit, play him because this midfield is going to get torn apart, I think, by Burnley as well. Teams that want to play like Burnley are more frequent now in the Premier League, progressive managers who want to just play, you know, quote-unquote the right way. Brighton, Burnley, Brentford, they are difficult teams to play against. They are very well set up and they are smart in the way that they move the ball around. They're waiting for you to just leave spaces. And with Man United at the minute, whoever they play in midfield, spaces are everywhere because Casemiro is only going to play as the six and those two midfielders in front of him Bruno Fernandez. It's his job to go wandering. To be fair, but if the other guy on the on the other side of the midfield is McTominay or Eriksson, it it is not working. Eriksson does not have the legs anymore to get up and down that pitch, and McTominay looks like he's not even playing for the shirt. So if Amrabat is almost ready, get him in because um, he has proven you know, top level for a few years now that he is a very good player. He's going to get Man United up that pitch much quicker. He's got a good engine on him. And he can dictate tempo when he needs to. Personally, on a side note, don't think Man United have ever replaced Scholes or Carrick in, in someone that can just dictate the flow of the game or slow it down or relieve pressure for the team. This brings me on to Marcus Rashford as well. That's where he needs to improve. You look at Man City's team and every single one of their front forward players, apart from Haaland possibly, can dictate tempo and, and can just realise where the other players are on the pitch and, and just be smart about it. 
Man United don't have enough players that are smart on the ball. They're they're a bit rash, including Rashford, who I think needs to improve that side of his game. Look at Grealish at Aston Villa and the difference that he made when going to, to Manchester City, the difference in him over the space of two years. And at first, he, he, he couldn't get it, right? He took a bit of time to adjust. He had to sit on the bench and watch what was required, uh, how someone like maybe Cancelo at the time was playing on that left side. And he came back into the team and he just did the job that um, Pep Guardiola wants him to do. But once you start doing that job, you understand why you're doing that job. Um, and Grealish uh, has improved massively as a footballer. Yes, he was amazing in, in, in bursts at Aston Villa. And that's what I feel Marcus Rashford is now at Manchester United. He's very good in bursts. We know he can shoot. We know he can beat his man. We know he's got blistering pace. But... You don't need to do it every time you get the ball. And um, just also get your head up sometimes because there's players lining up on the edge of the box, but you're dancing your way through. And you do sometimes, but then you're off balance. You're just trying to work the shot all the time, it seems like. I'm not saying he should take a, a bit of time out of the team because maybe Ten Hag cannot afford that because Rashford is still pretty clinical and he is still a good player on his day. And he's not alone. A lot of the Man United team, as I say, isn't able to just get their head up and just realise the state of the game that they're in. So back to the player fouls. And uh, yeah, Lyle Foster, seven fouls in four games, 1.79. Let's go and have a look and see what he is. So Lyle Foster, interestingly, he might say, is not offered by Bet365. Um, that's always a good sign, you know. Um, if you do the thought process out loud and you, you, you think about who you expect to see, never go and start your journey on the bookmaker's website because then they are dictating what you think, what the next thought process is with, with the bet. So, for instance, Lyle Taylor is not even listed here. So because you looked at the data first, you got an idea for the sort of players you want to see there. And then if you go and they're not there, then you know the bookies are sort of being a bit of a dick, basically. That's the best way I can put it. And after that, you might just want to skip the game or go back to the data and check some of the players that they are offering and check out some of the prices. The highest price for over 0.5 is evens for Ericsson. And I mentioned that he is very slow. If he plays, this is the if, if he starts, I think that is a, actually a great price evens because he's looked very, very poor recently. He played 69 minutes against Bayern Munich. And as I say, if Amrabat is ready... He should start. So Ericsson, maybe the price is that high because of the risk that he will not start this game. Sander Burge for 1.5. That's the line being offered is 2.5. In terms of fouls committed, he's only committed four in four games. Bruno Fernandes leads the charts with seven. So let's take a look at his. And he is 1.5 for over 0.5. If you're watching this on TikTok or YouTube or wherever, let me know who you would pick for this game based on this list and obviously based on everything that I've just said. Next up, the North London Derby. Some interesting lines for this. Let's have a little bit of a preview of it first. Both teams starting really well this season. Tottenham have got the advantage, slight advantage, of um, having more days rest this week and being able to prepare for the whole game, which I imagine would have included watching Arsenal in midweek. They uh, beat PSV 4-0 in the Champions League. Very convincing result. Perfect night for Arteta in terms of the performance, who scored, how he was able to bring on Smith-Rowe, bring players off around 50, 60, 70 minutes. Yes, they've played an extra game, Arsenal, this week, but it will only build confidence in the team. 
David Rea played in that Champions League game and it looks like he is the number one. I think Arteta might be saying one thing on the outside and then just changing his tune a little bit on the inside because um, I don't think he's going to change the keeper mid-game as he says that people should do. You've got to innovate and all that. It's different for a keeper though. There's a reason that nobody's even ever tried it at all. Like, there's been innovative managers throughout time in football and they all try different things and nobody has thought, mm, you know what, let's change the keeper right now. Teta came out and said that he wished he'd done it sooner, but he was sort of scared to do it. To me, that just seems like he wants to bring Raya on because Ramsdale has been the number one, hasn't he? So if he's saying that he wanted to do it in the past, then it means there's been times he wanted to take Ramsdale out of a game. That, to me, just is it's just going to shatter Ramsdale even more, which makes it harder for you to bring him in. Keepers, when they come into the game, whether it's for a start or off the bench, the pressure is enormous. And if you were an opposition as well and you play in Arsenal and, and let's say it's just 1-0 and, OK, he brings Raya on because he wants Raya to control the game more, you're still going to be a little bit happy to see it if you're the opponent because it gives you a chance to test the keeper and see if he's switched on because he might not be. He's not been able to do proper warm-ups on the side of the pitch. All you can do is run up and down the pitch. You can't exactly go and put a test goal up somewhere and just start you know, having people take shots at you. Maybe you could do it in the changing room or something. But it's, again, it's not the best preparation for a goalkeeper coming into a game. And you can listen to the Ben Foster podcast where he was just talking about exactly this from his own experience as a goalkeeper. And he had a goalkeeping coach as well as the guest. It was a really interesting conversation. And look, they've got two good keepers, but it's clear to me and I think to many people that David Rea is now the number one at Arsenal. I can't imagine that... Ramsdale starts against Tottenham. I think it would be a huge risk and potential mistake from Arteta. It just sends out mixed signals. And I guess we're yet to understand where Ramsdale sits with this. He, he He's going to play the FA Cup. He's going to play the Carabao Cup. Arsenal might go far in those competitions. You might draw a Premier League team in the first round. You don't know. I think there'll be teams looking at Ramsdale in January. And I think if they offer enough money, he will go. Now, in terms of the foul markets for this game, this game kicking off at uh, 2 p.m., by the way, on the Sunday, there's a couple of players that I do like to uh, get a foul in this one that I like the look of. And they are the two wingers, Bakayo Saka and uh, Dejan Kulosevsky. Kulosevsky, right wing, but really, in those first few games, he was his starting position was actually very, very deep. Um, but he's got such a good engine on him that he gets all, all across the pitch. And obviously, Pedro Porro playing pretty well, I think, as well in that position. In this game, both Saka and Kulosevsky will be up and down that line. I don't really like the odds for this, to be honest. Over 1.5 for Saka, it's 2.25. And for Kulosevsky, it's 1.83 for over 1.5. So they are expecting Kulosevsky to to be involved and to to get the fouls in this game. But I don't don't like the price because I also think... Um, it's going to happen, but I, I want 0.5. So sometimes if you don't see what you want, it's absolutely fine to just skip the game, right? Or just find something else. I think that is the massive thing that people forget about betting is that it's more about the games you do not take um, as much as it is the games you do take or the or the lines that you do take. And it's that discipline and that that mindfulness to just be like, that's actually not that great, so I'm just going to miss it. There will be another game, trust me. And finally, the fourth game um, being offered 
for the new player farm markets is uh, Sheffield United hosting Newcastle, who went and drew nil-nil, didn't they, with AC Milan in the Champions League, their first Champions League game in 20 years. Fair play to them. And if we look at the foul charts for both of these teams combined, Bruno with 12 fouls in five games, 2.43. That, of course, stands out. 2.43 per 90, that is. And Joe Linton, 3.15 fouls per 90. He's played a game fewer than uh, Bruno, 10 in four games in terms of fouls. So, yeah, 3.15 per 90. Let's check out those two players because... Sheffield United, it's not the easiest place to go. And those two sets of fans will be vocal. That'll be a great game to watch. And it is the Super Sunday game, 4.30. So let's take a look at the markets. I'm just loading it up on Bet365. If you um, forgot from the start of the podcast, you can just type in player fouls on the search tool on Bet365. Bruno Guimaraes, 1.5 is being offered and it is over evens, 2.1. I really do like the look of that. I think there'll be rotation, so you might have to um, bear that in mind when you're looking at other players for Newcastle, but Bruno, I think he will certainly play. Interestingly, Tonali is not offered on this list of players from Bet365. Dan Byrne at 1.61, you can get over 0.5. Again, will he be playing in this game? He is one of the older players in the squad. He played uh, at the San Siro. So I guess that's the risk you take with that one. Shortest odds, Jack Robinson for Sheffield United, 1.44. One that you might like, Sven Botman. Now, he's a very good defender. He doesn't make many fouls. But for him to make a single foul, 2.37. Cameron Archer for Sheffield United in his in his debut did look very lively. So that could be an option as well. You could go Bruno and Sven as a double, and that would be nearly, what, fives or, or six to one. So that's been a look, a first look, uh, because it only launched for these Premier League fixtures, I believe, um, at the player file section on Bet365. And you can use the advanced search tool to search directly for all of the data points um, that I've mentioned and more um, for players around the world. And then you can filter by game as well. So if you want to check that out, just go to oddalerts.com slash players. And there's a link on that page to the advanced player search tool where you can do that. And if you've enjoyed this uh, episode of the podcast, it's a much longer episode, just testing the waters, um, seeing what works. And to be honest, I've, I've just been um, a little bit revitalized. I took a trip to South Korea. So yeah, coming back into the Premier League now, seeing some very cool fixtures and um, there's just everything. It's coming back, isn't it? And it's exciting. Teams are coming into form and we're going to start to see if teams can handle these double game weeks, if you will, uh, three games a week. Brighton lost, incidentally, in their Europa League game, didn't they? And will they, will they now maybe stumble a little bit, given how they started the season? It's just yet to be seen, and it's what it's what makes um, looking at all these fixtures so interesting. So, if you've enjoyed this, please leave it a, a thumbs up or a comment or whatever, wherever you're watching or listening. And if you're on Apple Podcasts and the likes. Leave a review and um, I appreciate it and I will see you in the next one.